This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. The Gukura Hundi was a series of massacres of Ndebele civilians that was carried out by the Zimbabwean National Army from early 1983 to late 1987. While exact figures are not known, it is estimated that at least 20,000 people were killed. Yet this is a genocide that is little known and rarely spoken about. Notiwana Dlodlaw is the representative of the traditional leaders from Matabele land, and he would like to see this change. He is passionate about providing restorative justice on behalf of those who lost their lives. Notiwana, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Notiwana, what happened? What was this Indibeda genocide? When did it happen and what took place? Uh, from 1983 to 1987, Ndebele people were a target by the Shona people, especially the 5th Brigade, which was implementing the genocide. So it was the Zimbabwe National Army, the 5th Brigade Unit, which was specifically targeting the Bele people. So a number of people were killed, a figure not less than 20,000. It's above, it's well above 20,000. The only crime was being an Ndebele person. Why do you think people don't know about this genocide? The consensus thinking among us, those who were there at the time, like the traditional leaders, the former ex-Zipra, the war veterans who were there at the time, the consensus thinking is uh, those who are in corridors of power, currently the government of the day is the perpetrator of the Ndebele's genocide. From the international arena, uh, the perpetrators are a protectorate of the British, uh, taking into account uh, that General Carrington of the British Army clearly said soon after independence that Ndebeles should be wiped off the face of Mother Planet Earth. So now it's very difficult taking into account that the British has is a member of the UN Security Council and has a veto power and taking into account that it is a commonwealth so it has a lot of influence so our issue has no take us internationally because of that relationship between the British and the Shona people. Why this relationship between the British people and the Shona people? Shona people didn't resist colonization when the British came to Zimbabwe around 1888, 1890, while the resisted colonization and they fought back the British. Notiwana, what is your personal connection to the genocide? My personal connection to the genocide uh, is from a, a family point of view. My father, my father was born around 1903, 21 February 1903. So when the genocide started, he was taken away from our home uh, and he was thrown deep into Inyala mine, in a deep Inyala mine pit. Uh, when they were being interrogated there for, for murder, then they asked him his age. He told the army his age. Then they, they asked to see his ID. When they saw his ID, they realized he was around 81 years old at the time. Then they said, you old man, go back home. Stay away from politics. And my father was a staunch supporter of Joshua Ngomo, 
So this thing was, the, the village genocide was a tribal and a political thing because all those who supported Joshua Ngomo were also a target. So my father was only saved by age. Then my young, my father's younger brother, who is still alive, was working in Gweru. He was only saved by our, by our brother-in-law, who happens to be a Shona. Then he just gave a tip that this evening, all the villages at, 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 at Mutapa, Sebap, in Gweru, are going to be wiped off, so run away. That's how my uncle was saved. So this is a personal connection to the Ndebele's genocide. Notiwana, obviously the trauma of your parents, you experience as well. You are looking for restorative justice. What exactly do you want? Firstly, on the tra- trauma side, those facilitated the kidnapping of my father for for murder. They are our neighbors. They are still alive. And we are living with them day and night. I have a strong feeling that justice without discrimination, should take its course. Not all Shona people committed crime, but there are a few individuals who are known to this state. Those have to be taken to account for their actions legally, not like a revenge issue, but legal because they committed a crime, a crime against humanity. What kind of support do you get and what kind of support do you want from the international community? Since the perpetrators of the Ndebele's genocide is the government of the day, so it's very difficult or it's very difficult for the government to uh, prosecute itself. So we need an independent international body that will investigate, will investigate what transpired pertaining the Ndebele's genocide. Because at the moment, the current president said, we are free to talk about Ndebele's genocide. But we as the victims, we see it as sugar-coating and to blink at the international community that there's something taking place. While it's those who are talking about ground openly, they are being frustrated, some are arrested, some are being tortured, some are being kidnapped. While it's the president saying, no, everyone should be open and talk about ground openly. I myself... Uh, on 5 April last year, around 3 p.m. midday, I was kidnapped uh, by a group of about 14 men, highly armed. They took me to uh, Matopo area, and I was thoroughly tortured that I mustn't talk about Kukurawundi. You see that this is just lipstick in a frog or just sugar coating from the current government that we are doing something about Kukurawundi. Because the person who committed the who committed crime mustn't be the prosecutor, mustn't be the judge. You should actually, that person who is the government of the day should be brought to book like an independent tribunal like the ICC and any other body which is independent outside Zimbabwe. Notiwana, you're obviously very brave in talking out. Do you fear further reprisals? Absolutely. Because last year, as, as I indicated, I was taken, I was thoroughly tortured. About two weeks, I couldn't even step my foot down. I was always sleeping for two weeks. I was thoroughly tortured. It's really a terrible situation. Um, Notiwana, can you describe what Matabele land is like at the moment? Uh, currently, Matabele land is suffering 
the effects of Ndebele's genocide, which is currently another level or another in another form like the economic Ndebele's uh, genocide. Matebeleland is endowed with natural resources, minerals, national park like the Wange National Park, Victoria Falls, all of those things as custodians of those resources in Matebeleland. We are not benefiting because the people who are in control of those resources or who are benefiting from mining claims or even employment in those mines, uh, national parks, uh, Victoria Falls, most of the safaris, hotels and lodges, people who are managers and owning those entities, they are from the tribe that is still implementing another level or another form of Ndebele's economic genocide. So currently, Matebeland is still endowed with natural resources, but absolutely people of Matebeland are not benefiting from their natural resources, whom they are still custodians to. Notiwan, I know that you've reached out to the Jewish community, both here in South Africa. I know you've met with Tali Natus at the Holocaust and Genocide Center to talk about ways of finding restorative justice. I know you've also contacted Israel um, to find ways for Israeli development of um, Matabele land. Uh, we don't have any more time, but I'd just like to say that um, you, you are extremely brave and I know how hard you work behind the scenes. So just keep up the work and um, hopefully we can get the support you need from the international community. Uh, from the international community, we will need even protection of the traditional leaders in Matebele land because now speaking out uh, on genocide is still a big crime. They can't speak out. They are still highly marginalized. Then economically, we will still need the support of the Jewish community to uplift the people of Matebele land through skills training. If we have skills, because from this angle, it's very difficult for people of Matebele to access even higher skills technically. We are marginalized. So we need a, a business partnership, especially in skills transfer to people of Matebele land, so that we can maybe try at some level to utilize the natural resources we have. And what we would like to say at the Jewish community and the Ndebele community, we share the same background of Holocaust and genocide. So this partnership or this friendship should stay forever and ever because we share the same background. And highly so, on the religious front, people, most of the people of Matebele land, they respect the Sabbath, which is the holy day of the Holy Land of Israel. Notiwana, in that case, I wish you a Shabbat Shalom. Um, and thank you so much for joining me and best of luck going forward. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.